Welcome to the Bite Size Security Podcast, your source for practical online security advice. Join me, my guests, and sometimes my trained AI voice as I explore ways to protect your digital footprint against the growing cyber threats. From mastering better passwords to understanding encryption and VPNs, the Bite Size Security Podcast breaks complex topics into clear guidance. It's time to take control of your online presence. You're listening to the Bite Size Security Podcast. Unlocking solutions for your digital life. Let's get to it. So it was a test the other day. I put in how to get a job in cybersecurity without experience. And that was the audio from a YouTube short. Of course, YouTube shorts, 60 seconds. There's a lot of gems in there, but I did get a couple of questions from listeners and they wanted a little bit more of an extended version. So they understood the concept, but maybe wanted a little bit more detail. So that's what this podcast is. So it's definitely longer. It's in the 25 minute range, which maybe is a little too long, but hey, if you're on a long road trip. And that is what we're gonna talk about today is that short version of how to get a job in cybersecurity without experience. But this is gonna be the extended version and I'm gonna try to go into a lot more detail. So with that, I hope you enjoy. So can you get a job in cybersecurity without experience? Well. Short answer, no, not really. Long answer, yes. And I am proof of that. And I'm going to give you some of the things that I did to get into cybersecurity without any direct or initial experience. Tip number one, educations and certifications. Now, here's, I did a short on this, but I want to go into a little bit more detail and depth. And what I did was... When I was doing my IT style job, I knew that I wanted to transfer into cybersecurity. I just, that just was the field that I wanted to go into. I had a passion for it. I knew that where it was, where it was going. It's becoming more and more of a thing today with AI and everything else. So it is a very important field. And if you're passionate about it and you're at IT and you want to move there, or you just want to get into it, then this is a video for you. I started out with the CompTIA Security Plus certification. And the reason that I did that was because I didn't know, I knew I wanted to get in cybersecurity, but I didn't have any idea of what realm or what field or what areas I wanted to do, but I wanted to study for a certification. And no, I'm not saying that boot camps and certifications are the end all be all, but they are a great way to get started and to figure out what it is that you're interested in doing. So I started out with that. I downloaded some apps onto my phone. I started studying. I got the official study guide. And I started reading and studying and studying and just taking flashcard and tests, anything I could find in the internet. And I went to one of those facilities eventually and I felt like I was ready. I went to one of those facilities and I took that test and I passed and it was hard. I felt it was hard. I really wasn't sure if I had passed, but I did. You know that feeling that you get? Taking certifications like that or studying for something, I think is super helpful because it will narrow down what realm it is that you actually want to get involved with. And this is a tip I got from another friend and it was brilliant. The CISSP, go get the manual for that and start studying for that as well. Because you get yourself into the jargon and the language and the thinking of cybersecurity You start to understand all the different realms of it, all the domains, and you narrow down maybe what you want to start to do, but you also have a lot of talking points. And so when you start to talk to recruiters and you're going into interviews, 
it really helps to get yourself into that. You're, you're basically immersing, immersing yourself into that field, right? So one of the things you think about is, sure, I could study a uh, language on an app all day and speak with nobody, or I could go to a foreign country and I would really start to learn that language faster because I'd hear it all the time. If you start to study for those certifications, even if you don't intend to take them, it will help you to start to get into that world, to understand the language, to understand the jargon. And that is vastly important. So education and certifications, if nothing else, it's just to get you interested in the subject and to start to understand the material more and understand that cybersecurity, information security is huge. And there's a lot of different areas and you may wanna focus on one of those when you're applying to jobs. Tip number two, Network. One of the greatest things about this industry in particular, maybe a lot of other industries too, is that you can network and that doesn't mean just what you think, like networking on LinkedIn. Networking isn't going to conferences. RSA is cheap. Cybersecurity type conference you can go to. B-Sides, DEF CON, whatever. It isn't just to meet people and look to see, hey, is there a job or an opening? It's to get yourself into that industry. So when I started transitioning from IT into cybersecurity, I got myself a pass to go to RSA. And I just saw all the different vendors and all the different booths and all the different technologies that I hadn't been directly exposed to, but made a huge difference in what I was doing. I also got to talk to a lot of people. I got to talk to a lot of vendors. And I think that really helped, again, when you're studying for those certifications, the jargon, the language, being immersed in that subject, going and networking is important, but it's different than what you might've thought about 10 years ago where, oh, I'm gonna go to this meetup, I'm gonna go to this conference, and this will be a job fair. No, 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 none of that. It's simply you going to a place in your industry and just immersing yourself in that and understanding what's going on. It really helps to get you into that mindset and into that field to be able to really immerse yourself in that. Tip number three, internships and entry-level positions. I'm not so keen on the internships. I didn't start there. But if you are in college, I would definitely check with an advisor and see if they have any connections or anything they can help you out with some type of internship. That usually isn't something that you find online, but it is something that your school may actually know about. Again, not my expertise, but definitely a way in if you're younger. If you have a family that's to support and things like that, I'm not really advocating in internships. Entry-level positions. YouTube video after YouTube video after LinkedIn article. There's no entry-level cybersecurity. Not entirely true. It's true in that you're not necessarily going to come out of college or just go from IT right into cybersecurity. However, if you are in IT and you have experience in that, and I did, it is a great way to get your foot in the door. It is hard to go from IT to cybersecurity. And that's because a lot of cybersecurity hiring managers may not see that as a direct transfer. However, in some other tips I'm going to talk about, we're going to go over what you can do to avoid that. So those entry-level positions kind of do exist, especially if you have IT experience. And here's the thing. I've worked in a lot of different organizations with a lot of very large IT departments. And I can definitively tell you that not everybody in IT 
has any interest whatsoever going into cybersecurity. None. So you're not competing with all of those people. But it is a way in. It, you do have experience, and it could potentially be an internal move. It's harder to do. It's a, kind of a lateral transfer, but that's an easier transfer than having absolutely zero IT and zero cybersecurity and trying to get into that field. So if you don't have anything at all, getting into IT is not a bad way to go. And that is what I did in my own experience. I actually had a lot of IT experience and I had to translate that into cybersecurity experience to let somebody know that, hey, while I don't have any direct experience with this, I have a lot of IT type experience with people, projects, doing things like that, and I can learn. And so that's a transferable skill that I'm gonna talk about. Tip number four is projects and portfolios. You've heard this before everywhere, really. Labs, building your own home lab, doing whatever it is that you have to do to gain that experience, right? So you're building a lab, you're studying. Those are all things, those projects, those portfolios, helping, you know, designing your own website, building your own route, you know, network firewalls, routers, anything like that. Those actually are things that eventually you could put on a resume and have talking points about. And I think that's important because a lot of people will just do a lab and they'll say, hey, I, you know, I completed Hack the Box or I did something. But really, you're doing a lot more than you think you are. And that is those type of skills are things that you should showcase, things that you should talk about. And so when you're looking at your projects and your portfolios, just keep in mind, those are resume building talking points. And they're also gonna translate into some other tips I'm gonna tell you a little bit later in this video. So you do not, absolutely do not wanna discount that. If you build a website that's around cybersecurity, you built this website that's maybe in direct relationship to some volunteer activities you're doing or helping people out in your community or you're teaching or you're doing videos, that counts. That actually counts. And I don't see that on some of the resumes I've seen. I don't see any of those type of things like outside activities where somebody is, they're not waiting for a path to be built for them. They're building their own paths. And that is how they're helping themselves get into this field. So don't discount projects and portfolios. Tip number five is online platforms. Kind of mentioned it before, but hack the box, any type of CTFs that you've done, things like that, OSINT type skills, helping finding missing persons, that all counts for experience. And again, talking points. What a recruiter is gonna see is the job description, and here's what the hiring manager wants, and here's your resume, and here's the skills that you can do. You've got to figure out a creative way of getting the things that I'm talking about doing and getting that onto your resume as things that you have done and do so that they match those keywords to let a person know that, hey, I can do these things. If you've done CTFs, if you've done Hack the Box, then you've sort of done red teaming and pen testing. And if that's the area that you want to go into and you don't put those on your resume, that's a huge miss. Tip number six, blogs and publications. I thought about starting a blog or writing a newsletter or doing something like that, but to build up that type of authority in this industry or any industry, building up an authority website, unless you've got a ton of money, is going to take a very long time to do. If I started this YouTube channel and I doubt it's going to get anywhere until I get to the 150 plus videos, right? doesn't matter how good this video is. 
it's going to take me a while to build up authority that anybody even remotely is interested in what I'm talking about. So I didn't go down the blogs and publications. I thought about it. However, what you can do and you should do is connect into LinkedIn, get your profile going if it's not going, get a background, get those keywords in your title for what you want to do, not what you're currently doing, right? Because people are looking for people that are, you know, these are the things I need to do, not what you have done, unless you want to go into the same industry. And you're going to start writing LinkedIn articles. It's a great way to do it because that platform is already there. It's already established. It's already an authority. And now it gets you a chance to start posting and writing and making content in the field, the cybersecurity field that you're interested in going into and building up sort of an authority, a little bit more of a presence, a lot quicker than you could if you just started a blog in your own in the maze of the internet where there's already a million blogs on the subject. So I did do the blogs and publications. I just happened to use the LinkedIn because it takes care of a lot of things at once. A, it helped me to network on LinkedIn. And B, I got to actually start talking about my expertise and the things that I was interested on that platform. Tip number seven is additional training. I actually did take Coursera and Udemy courses. They were cheap and free. They helped me understand a particular subject matter better. Maybe you're a little light in the DNS field. Maybe you don't understand how to build your own firewall, whatever. Uh, Cyberry is another great one. I'll link to some of these in the description. Taking classes like that online, that's not something I put on my resume, but it absolutely started solidifying areas that I felt that I was weak in, especially when you talk to recruiters or you start to get interviews, you go into interviews, you're going to figure out where your weak spots are. And you can use these classes to start building on that and understanding those areas that you're weaker on. So taking some classes online like this, like Udemy or Coursera, uh, Cyber, any of those type of classes is actually very helpful. In addition to studying for your certifications, you can use that as a kind of a supplement, but it's a very good way to understand the subject matter and solidify some of the things that you may not understand and maybe even find a domain in cybersecurity that you didn't know existed that you actually really like. Tip number eight, soft skills. I think it's important to talk about those type of things. I don't like putting it on a resume. A go-getter, energetic, ability to learn. Uh, this doesn't work in resumes these days anymore. Maybe it did back in the 80s, but it doesn't work now. Or it, it really isn't something that I bother with because everyone's just going to blow by that. It's fluff but you shouldn't discount it because it is important to let the people know that you're talking to. Not only can you do the job and you have the skills to do the job, but you have the ability to learn. You have the willingness to do these type of things that you're working outside and doing side gigs and learning on your own and doing all these types, you know, those soft skills matter. Like producing this video is a technical skill, but it's a soft skill to be able to try and improve on my speaking. And I think that's extremely important. And while I don't put that on my resume necessarily, I don't want you to discount that because it is important. Tip number nine, transferable skills. Huge. If you're still in this video, this is huge. If you're doing something in IT for a long time and you want to move into cybersecurity, you have to figure out a way to make those transferable skills matter. If you built Linux boxes, if you hosted or built Mac machines, 
if you've done Windows, if you've done infrastructure, if you've dealt with users, if you're dealing with tickets, right? This may not be directly related to cybersecurity, but those are transferable skills that do matter in the cybersecurity world. And you should not discount those. In fact, I had to take a lot of the things that I had previously done and reword them into a cybersecurity way. Like if I built a Microsoft Active Directory infrastructure, if I built a SharePoint server, and if it was in a lab or if it was in my, you know, current IT career, whatever, or if I had, you know, designed it, anything like that, how do you rewrite those skills to be transferable so that they're cybersecurity? When you're building those machines, what are you doing in your mind? What are you doing in your mind to think, how does this relate to cybersecurity? Was I thinking in the cybersecurity type way? Was I thinking in information security to protect members' data? Was I looking at patches and things like that? And if the answer is yes, and it should be yes, those are things that go on a resume that deal directly with cybersecurity, right? Patch management, vulnerability management, thinking about those type things. Those transferable skills are not worthless. And you do have to connect the dots. One of the best, one of the best things I heard is I had a friend who I referred to a particular position. And I know that he could have done the job, but he took a stock resume for his current job and did not tweak it at all and applied for a position that I, like I said, he could have done, but didn't have this, didn't connect the dots in that. And so the hiring manager asked me because it was a, a referral from a friend. I just want to make sure that this person, you know, just want to take another look at it and make sure I'm not missing something here. And the interesting thing was he gave, he gave me a really good tip. He's, he said, nobody has time to connect the dots. Meaning, your resume, when you submit that, and this is why you always hear about creating a tailored resume for that particular job. When you submit your resume for that position, you need to connect the dots to the recruiter to the hiring manager so they can understand that you are the person that can do that job. They are not gonna have time to connect the dots for you. So if you don't connect the dots, they're not gonna do it for you. So those transferable skills that you have, that you know have something to do or could have something to do with cybersecurity, if you're thinking that mindset, right? You've gotta connect the dots. So not only do you not discount transferable skills, but you need to connect the dots with the hiring manager and the recruiter to let them know that you have the skills to do that because they're not going to connect the dots for you. Tip number 10, stay updated. Listen to podcasts, read blogs, keep up to date as best you can on what's going on in the field that you're interested in. I had one person when I was in an interview, it was kind of a round table. They said, what podcast do you listen to for security? I actually have some on my overdrive. And so I was able to answer that question. Doesn't mean you listen to every day, but if it's a question they're gonna throw at you, like how do you stay updated? You've got a great answer. I read these blogs, I use Feedly, I've got Overdrive and I listen to these podcasts. That's it. No one's gonna ask you what happened in those podcasts or what do you find most interesting about them? But how do you stay updated in this field that's constantly changing is a valid question. And it is one you can easily answer by staying updated. Very easy. 
So whatever industry that you're in, go ahead, subscribe to some blogs, subscribe to some newsletters, listen to some podcasts. That's how you stay updated. That's how you answer that question. Tip number 11, further education. So if you want to go back and get a degree in information technology or a information security related field, you can certainly do that. That isn't what I did. I studied for, like I said, the CompTIA Security Plus and the CISSP. Those are the two things that I went after. However, further education, you want to learn API security, things like that. More than just the online classes, there may be something that you can actually take, right? You may be able to go to a conference and go to some of the training sessions, and that would be further education. A little bit hard to do when you're not actually working in the industry unless you want to spend that money. But it's another way, it's another thing to put in your resume, it's another talking point, and it's something that's extremely... Tip number 12, seek mentorship. If you're in college, this could be a career counselor or your instructor to figure out, hey, are there different internships, things where I should go. If it's in LinkedIn, you can actually network with people, especially people that you've worked with, certainly reach out to people in the field and craft a message to tell them what it is that you're trying to do what it is that you're looking to do, and can they offer any tips and tricks? I've had people who I previously worked with in the customer service area that really wanted to go into cybersecurity. They didn't do it while they were working there, but they really liked it. And it just so happens that I had some tips for them because I asked. And so it could be as simple as that. Seeking mentorship is a good thing. Cold calling, cold emailing, cold LinkedIn reaching out. I don't really care for that myself. But if you do have someone who you've connected with previously and maybe one of those conferences, seeking mentorship, how you can improve yourself, what areas should I look at, how can I do things, very valid. You should do it while you're currently working and you should also do it in your professional life. It's a little bit easier said than done, but seeking mentorship is something you absolutely positively should spend your time doing. Tip number 13, volunteer opportunities. Is there something that you can do in your community, friends, or family to volunteer in the cybersecurity field, in the information world, that can go on a resume? So if you went to a public center and you gave a presentation on password managers and why, what they are, why you should use them, how you should use them, and then you helped people download one and configure them and you made a training video on that kind of thing, do you think that doesn't go on your resume? for rolling out a password manager to you know, a subset of 50 people, 60 people, whatever. If you don't, you should put that down because it is something that you do. Doing that is just as valid as doing a 50, 60 people at a private company. It's you doing a thing in the field for a group of people, training and learning and educating them and then helping them out, doing something in cybersecurity. If you do it for 50 people at your church, or 50 people at your company, you're still rolling out a password manager, you're still explaining it to everybody, and you're still showing them how to do it. And it's valid, and if you don't put it down as a talking point at least, or something on your resume, you're missing out on a really large opportunity. And the last tip, the best tip, because nobody's gonna make it to the end of this, is starting your own business. Meaning, if you want to go from IT and you want to go to cybersecurity and you've got this gap in between where it's really hard, you're using your transferable skills, you're volunteering, you're doing everything that you possibly can. Starting your own business allows you to pave your own path. And it allows you to go and 
either offer those services to other companies or other people for money or for free or whatever you want to do. You can create that page on LinkedIn. You've got your own business now where you're doing these type of things. And you can start creating your own avenues and your own pathways into the field that you want to go into. And then, hey, maybe that business will actually take off. And you realize that I like doing small business. I like actually working for myself. And if it doesn't work out, the easy talking point is I tried to do my own business and I realized it was a little bit harder than I thought. And I really like working with people in sort of an organization where things are a little bit more managed. And that's an easy transfer into cybersecurity. So you can go from IT, you have cybersecurity over here, and you don't know where to get into that middle. Start your own business. Does not mean you have to start an LLC or drop a ton of money. It means you find a name, you find a logo, you find an about, you put that on LinkedIn, you start your own business, and you start doing things in the business capacity to create your own experience that goes on a resume, because it's your own business, and fills in any gaps that you may or may not have. And that is a tip hardly anybody is going to give you, is starting your own business. Because when you do that, you'll be able to do a heck of a lot more stuff than you would in any other capacity because you're doing it for yourself in a business capacity and you're creating those things. So starting your own business, if you haven't thought about it, you really should think about it. So with a combination of these strategies, you can really build a robust resume and gain a lot of valuable experience, even if you haven't had any direct experience into the cybersecurity world. It is very possible to go from an IT world into cybersecurity by using some of these tips and tricks and building your own pathway into that. I would have to say the ones that I found to be most important were networking, the industry certifications, starting my own business, and taking those transferable skills and connecting the dots. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bite Size Security, the quick-hitting podcast serving bite-sized tips to boost your online safety. We covered a lot of ground today and easy-to-digest nuggets of practical cybersecurity advice. If you want to learn more ways to protect your data and identity online, be sure to subscribe for future episodes. We'll continue breaking down complex security topics into straightforward guidance anyone can apply. Visit our website, bitesizesecurity.show, for recaps and show notes from all of our podcasts. We hope these bite-sized cyber lessons have given you new tools in your digital security toolbox. This is your host signing off until next time. Stay safe in the digital world. You've been listening to Bite Size Security.